0: I was going to ask you to applaud. That uh, service is a blessing, wasn't it? Not? Amen. Josh has been uh, putting together a beautiful service. and I'm standing up here among the confetti. <laughs> but as, as he said, it's not as much as Bible school, so I, I can make my way. I'll be doing a little few things differently than uh, we de- generally do. Vaughn is a great pastor. I love him. I love this church. I love all the things about it. It's a powerful church. You can't hear back there? Okay. Can you hear now? Okay. I'll get a little closer to this mic. Uh, uh, Vaughn is a wonderful pastor, a great leader, and I appreciate him so. I am so proud of this church and its missionary of fervor. Uh, A mission-minded church is what I was looking for, and a a church where the pastor preached the Word of God. And so I found it, and here it is, and I appreciate it so much. But we'll be doing things a little bit differently today than he generally does, so put up with me, and uh, we'll enjoy this time together and and, uh, worship the Lord. Would you stand in the reverence uh, to the Word of God as it's being read, please? When Jesus came into the region of the accessory of Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, and are one of the prophets. But what about you? He asked, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon. Bar-Jonah, this has not been revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of, of heaven, but whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven." Then in verse uh, 34, when Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone will come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whosoever loses his life for me will find it. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come again to you in prayer, asking your presence to be here and to speak to the hearts of all these people Help us to know who we believe in and, and what He means to our lives today. Speak through me and, and uh, make me able to, to present this message clearly to all these people. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In the decade of the 80s, I was pastoring the Vista Baptist Church in Olathe, Kansas. And I received an invitation uh, from the School of Evangelism of the Billy Graham Association to come and share in a crusade in Oklahoma City and be a part of that by being a counselor during the time of the uh, crusade. It was a wonderful experience for me, a blessing to my life. Now, a school of of, uh, evangelism is not a vacation. It wasn't an opportunity for me to take a a week off from my church and go down there and just enjoy great preaching and singing and and see all the multitudes making their decisions for Christ. An invitation to the School of Evangelism was a time to come and work. Of a morning, I would attend sessions of uh, training. Uh, in, uh, and different leaders of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association would come in and train us and talk to us about what was happening, what they were doing, and all of that. And we enjoyed that time. Then at noontime, I would have a brief break, and then in the afternoon, we'd prepare for the evening service. And then the, as the evening came on, I was responsible, uh, for a spot on the floor of the, uh, the arena there. It was about four by four, so not a very big spot. But as people would come and move into my spot, it was my job to uh, get the information that I need to get from them, to fill out the uh, cards on them, and to uh, uh, help prepare them for the life they were to live later on. I would get information from them so that the Billy Graham uh, people could follow up, and they could uh, get the follow-up uh, materials uh, to them. I would uh, get the information, pray with them, help them to make their decision, and then uh, uh, get this, all this information turned in uh, for later. But during the week, I had spent about the week uh, in all kinds of activities, and I was very tired. I had come to the end of the week uh, weary, and so I decided to take a night off. Now, I felt a little bit guilty about that because taking a night off left a spot empty. Now, there were other counselors, and they could fill my spot, but uh, I still felt guilty about it. And so, anyway, as I uh, was uh, uh, feeling guilty and and not doing my job that I was going to be doing that, uh, would have done that night, I climbed up into the upper echons of the arena so that I could find a seat up there and look down on the crowd and watch everything and kind of analyze what was going on, what uh, was happening. But I was exhausted, and so I thought, okay, even in my guilt, I'll just go up to the top of this arena and watch what's going on. So as I got up there and sat down, uh, the place was packed with people, and there were many decisions being made. And uh, as uh, I was sitting there, I saw a young man, a few rows down from me, weeping. profusely he was weeping and and I thought to myself well the Lord had a hand in this there was a reason for my taking the night off and coming up here and I can sit and watch the crowd and and, uh, here I have a purpose because here's this young man that's needing some kind of counseling and help and so I slipped out of my seat and went down and sat in the seat that was vacant next to him and as I sat down I said to him, may I help you and he said no that's okay I made my decision to trust Jesus Christ as my Savior last night. And I went home and told my parents what I had done. And they were so impressed that they came with me uh, tonight. And he said, I'm sitting here praying because my mother is down on the floor uh, receiving Christ as her Savior tonight. It was a wonderful experience. And so I sat down with him and cried with him. And we praised God together. In this passage of Scripture, Jesus is uh, uh, moving uh, through the area of uh, Caesarea Philippi. And as he is moving about there, he turns to his disciples. It's time now for them to decide who they're going to serve and why. And so he turns to them and says, who do men say that I am? And they gave him the common answers that you would get to this kind of question. They say, uh, he said uh, some say you're John the Baptist come back to life others say you're Elijah others say that you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets and so here were all the answers that they were giving that uh, they might uh, uh, kind of say this who Jesus is like what he's doing is similar to the the other prophet of the past and uh, Jesus then turns to Peter and says but whom do you say that I am. And uh, uh, did you notice that the first phrase, do you, uh, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And then he turns around and says, but whom do you say that I am? And so uh, uh, Jesus is uh, wanting them to identify who, he, who they feel in their heart that he is, that uh, if, they're, if they're moved by his power, moved by his grace in their lives, It's made a difference in their life. Is it real? Is it it continuing? Is it something that they will last forever? And so Peter, like the first grade boy that's always raising his hand wanting to answer the question the teacher has asked, uh, said to him, uh, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, that's right. That's exactly the right question. But do you have really in your heart the right answer, the full answer that ought to be there? Peter answers the question, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, I want to turn the attention to you here in this auditorium this morning. What is your answer to this? Is Jesus just a man? Can you describe him in terms of a, a man who is a philosopher, a, good li- a man who's lived well, who has uh, put upon our, our world a, a, a good kind of life to live if you lived up to it? But uh, uh, he's just no more than just a man. Is that all he is to you? Or is he the, the son of God living in your heart? Who, who is Jesus to you? I want you to uh, analyze your own heart and your relationship to him as it relates to uh, your uh, walk with him. Who is Jesus to you? This is the answer uh, to life's biggest question. Who do you say that Jesus is? And uh, I want to encourage you to analyze what you feel about him and of your commitment to him. The uh, answer to life's biggest question is uh, what the Peter gave. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Is Jesus Christ that to you? Is he everything in your life? The solution to this big question is that you must invite Jesus Christ into your heart. If you, if you do not sir, uh, answer this question the way Peter did, then you need to think in terms of uh, how can this uh, answer be made for my own heart and life. First thing you need to do is to invite Jesus Christ into your heart to be your Savior and your Lord. There's an artist that made a, a painting of Jesus standing at the door and knocking but, if you study that painting and look at it closely, there's a bramble that 's growing up over the door where the doorknob would be and so, as uh, you look at the door, what the author is trying to say to you is that there is no door, no doorknob on the outside the har- the harsh uh, door must be open from the inside, therefore, what he 's trying to say to you is that if you open your heart to the Lord Jesus, it's got to be from the inside. You've got to do it. You can't expect Jesus to beat down the little door of your heart. Or you can expect Him to crash your little party. You can't expect Him to come in when He's not invited or wanted. Uh, you uh, can't expect Him to take over your life. You must be the one who invites Jesus to come into your heart. The second thing is... The first thing is that you must invite him in. The second thing is that you must uh, admit to him that you're a sinner. Oops, preacher, now you've got are uh, uh, meddling. Uh, uh, you, you're getting involved in, in our lives. I'm a, I may have done some things wrong. I may have done some things that are not as good as they could have been. But I, I am not a gross sinner. I didn't say you were, but I said you are a sinner. The Bible says you are. And so you've got to take to the Bible as the truth of God to us. The Bible says you are a sinner. Acts uh, uh, 3.16 says, For uh, God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Acts 3.23 uh, says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none good, no, not one, not so much as one. So I'm saying what the Bible says. Uh, whatever you say is uh, what you have in your heart but you you need to know that I believe that you're a sinner every one of you here are a sinner and uh, uh, the sin that uh, uh, is in your heart has separated you from God and keeps you uh, ex, ex, extended from Him uh, leaving Jesus out of your life is the uh, uh, condemning sin so uh, what I'm saying to you is that the fact that you have left the Lord Jesus out of your life up to this point is the sin that will send you to hell. Uh, you say, oh, a loving God would not send a, a person to hell. Uh, that's uh, beyond my belief about who Jesus is. Uh, he doesn't, uh, Jesus doesn't send anybody to hell, but he lets you choose where you go. You are the one who makes the choice. He will not override your will. You'll not crash your little party. You'll not come into your life without your uh, request. And so uh, Jesus uh, is inviting you to, to invite him into your heart. Without Jesus, you will, will certainly go to hell. And, and you're doing exactly what the devil wants you to do today. You're saying, one of these days I'll think about this. One of these days I'll do something about this. One of these days I'll make a decision, and maybe I'll receive Christ as my Savior, maybe not. But let me remind you, that as you get older and you and, uh, uh, get dumber, uh, uh, as you get older and your mind and heart gets harder, uh, then you realize that uh, the Holy Spirit has more difficult uh, difficulty reaching you. And you uh, have less opportunity to respond. Not opportunity, but you have less Chance of uh, responding. So I'm saying to you now, while you hear my voice, listen to the call of God in your heart. If there is a little, uh, tiny voice in your heart, uh, listen to him and respond to his call to you, because he wants to save you and change your life forever. Without Jesus Christ, uh, 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 without Jesus Christ in our heart, that is the condemning sin. Uh, as uh, uh, Jesus loves you, though, I want you to know, and He wants to come into your heart, and He will forgive your sin and change your life. You must co- the third thing is you must commit your heart to Jesus. First of all, you invite Him in. The second thing is that you repent of your sin. The third thing is that you commit your life to Him. So that from this point onward, you would be living for Him, serving Him, and letting Him move into your life. The church is the means of the, uh, solving this problem. Now then, it seems like that uh, Jesus is changing the subject here in this passage of Scripture a little bit. That he's changed from who I am, uh, what you say about me, to, to the solution, uh, that uh, this, the answer to this problem. Uh, the church is the means of sharing this truth uh, to the, all the world. The church through the ages has been a, a power. Uh, movement in the world. It's changed thousands and hundreds of thousands of lives throughout time. The church has been a power in, uh, uh, as, in history as we study the movement of the church. I'm going to give you a little bit of a, a Greek lesson this morning, so listen closely uh, to the, the Greek lesson. Uh, in, in the Greek language, the, the Greek was so expressive Uh, More expressive than English is by far. And so in the Greek language, uh, Peter, uh, Jesus says to Peter, you are Cephas, you are Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church. And uh, so sometimes we think that Jesus was talking to the person Peter there that I'm going to build my church upon you, on your life and what you uh, stand for. But that's not exactly what the Greek is saying the Greek is saying, "Thou art stone. You art Peter, Cephas, the stone, which is masculine. In, in, in Greek, you have masculine and you have feminine uh, forms of the language. And so in the, as, they, uh, as they talk about the, uh, the uh, masculine, he's talking about, "You are rocky." So he calls Peter, "You are rocky." Uh, I want you to know that it's this kind of stability, this kind of forwardness that I'm going to depend upon. But then Jesus changes the the, uh, subject of the the Greek language and says, But upon this Cephas, C-E-P-H-A, did you get that? C E P A H uh, is uh, uh, Cepha, uh, the feminine form. And what he's saying to Peter is that uh, on this statement of faith, I'm going to build my church. I will build my church not on you necessarily, but on the, the kind of person that you become, but also upon the statement of faith that you have made in me. The statement of faith is, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Is that the statement of faith that you have Have you made that kind of commitment to the Lord Jesus in that statement? Now then, I want you to imagine something with me. In the corner of heaven, there is a band of angels singing. And uh, they're singing and paying attention to nothing but what's going on in heaven. But I want them to stop in their singing and say, What's going on down there in National Heights Baptist Church? By the way that you respond to... uh, this statement of faith. I want you to follow my lead, and uh, I want you to say it in a way that will cause the angels who have been singing to stop and say, "What is this that's happening down there?" So say it with me: "Thou art the Christ, Thou art the, Christ. The, Son the, the Son of the Living God." Well, I'm sure that the angels stopped and, and said, "Okay." Uh, we believe that too. We have believed that and trusted in that. In the forward march of the church, uh, we see that the church must move forward. This church must move forward. In all that it does for the Lord in this community and in this area, the church me, must be active and, and working to serve Him. You must uh, move forward in your Christian life. It's not just for the church alone, uh, as uh, seeing it as a body, but it's for you as an individual living in, and working in this church, serving in this church, that your Christian life must be uh, moved forward. Jesus said, "You're like a bulldozer going against the gates of hell. You are like a bulldozer plowing up the uh, seed and, and moving in the direction of the very gates of hell." I used to think that the gates of hell were uh, coming against us. We had to defend ourselves against the devil. But you don't have to defend yourself at all. Stand strong. Be, fa- be faithful. Be courage- courageous in all that you do. Don't be afraid. Uh, don't be afraid to witness. Don't be afraid to share your faith with others because you're like a bulldozer against the gates of hell. Paul, in the Ephesians chapter 6 describes the Roman soldier uh, his armor, and said, "Oh, he has the, the breastplate of righteousness, his feet are shod with the gospel of peace, he has on the helmet of salvation, and uh, uh, he has the uh, shield of faith that ward off the darts of the wicked one, but he also has the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God." He describes all of that. but do you know there's something that's left out? There, there's nothing on his backside. So anytime a, a soldier turns his back to retreat, he's wide open to the dark, to the devil. And so are you. Anytime you're going forward for the cause of Christ, you're serving him, you're working for him, you have his protection. You have his help in all that you need to do. But time you turn your back and run in the service of God, then you're wide open for any attack that he might make upon you. I, in the course of my life, have seen that happen to the course of many people where they have, in their life, seemed to be strong and uh, dynamic, but then all, all of a sudden something changed and t- they turned their back and ran. And I saw their lives destroyed in the process as a result of all of that. We're like an arm, army moving forward in our community, in our area. Uh, in uh, in the world in which we live, uh, moving for the cause of Christ, moving forward in His uh, behalf. And so now then I want to ask you to accept Christ as your personal Savior, commit your life to Him, and follow Him uh, with your life. Brian is going to come and stand here while I offer the invitation. I'm not going to come down. I'm going to stay here. Uh, and he's going to stand here. And so if there's a decision... Uh, that uh, come right on, Brian. If there's a decision that you need to make in your heart, Jesus has been speaking to your heart, and you want to open your heart to him, come and uh, share that with Brian. Let's stand, and as we sing the invitation, don't hesitate. Don't wait a moment. Just step out and come.